You are listening to Daily Devotions with Pastor Robert Marsbach. We believe that these devotions will encourage and strengthen you. So tune in, connect, and be blessed. For any more information, please visit us online at lifechurchuk.org. Welcome to Life Devotions. Thank you for joining me today. I live to do God's perfect will. Is the title of this devotion. You see, all of us have to have a purpose for living, a reason for living. For Jesus, when he came into the world, he said, I've not come to do my will, but the will of him who sent me. For Jesus, that was the divine purpose that guided and instructed him in everything. When he, as a young boy, he was 12 years old, was found in the temple when his parents had looked for him, Joseph and Mary, for three days. His mother looked at him and son, said, Son, how can you have done this to me and your father? And he said, Mother, why did you not know that I must be about my father's business? In other words, Mom, you know what I'm living for. You see, I think at a young age, It already is there, the seeds of God's divine nature calling in you. I know it is there in you and me. Even the ones that maybe are driven by the passion of the sinful nature. You see, the Bible talks about two natures of sin, many others, but two specific ones that's called iniquity and transgression. He was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. Isaiah 53 talks about those two natures of sin. Iniquity is what is contrary or separate from God. That is that nature that's deceitful, that is, that is crooked, deceitful. And it causes bruising. When somebody's not being honest with you, it, it, it bruises you. Transgression is willful evil, willful sin, you know, and and David often prayed for the Lord to save him from sin or iniquity or transgression in Psalm 32 and Psalm 130 and Psalm 51 and so many of David's Psalm in 69 and he, he battles with the sin nature and you can see where his faith was for God to help him and cleanse him and wash him and save him and so forth. It's quite beautiful when you study out these Psalms I've just mentioned. But you see, there's got to be something, friends, that you and I feel compels us to live for. And it's got to be the will of our Father. You see, I, I personally... I'm living in Folkestone, Kent, and I have the privilege for the last 34 years together with Virginia to be the pastor of this church. And I remember a dear friend of mine, a great man of God, he said to me, Robert, why do you stay there in Folkestone? Why, why not go and travel the whole world and so forth? I said, well, I do try to go out there, but yeah. He said, yeah, but why are you just staying there? I said, because it's the will of my father. It's the will of my father. When we had just started the church and just after about a few years, we had this building we were leasing here and we bought it later on, but <coughs> in those days we leased it. And we had only a small part of this building. 
I had a dear pastor friend of mine with whom I went to Bible school in 1979. And he came here to minister, Pastor Selvaraj Raji. He's in heaven now, beautiful man of God. Oh, I miss him, but I'll see him on the other side. But he came to minister. He had a large congregation in Paris. And, uh, and here we have the small church we had just started not long before. And there were all these seagulls, because we're close to the sea, sitting on the roof. I've never seen it before that or after that, ever, except that one Sunday morning when we drove up with my blue car and all these birds were sitting on the roof, maybe about 20 of them. They're sitting there and, and they're looking at us. And he said to me, Robert, what are you doing here? This place is for the birds. We had a wonderful service. There was maybe about 90, 100 people there in, those, in the church in those days. We came out and my blue car was white and the birds were gone. You understand that they had dropped their waste on my car. <laughs> you know, friends, I could have at that moment thought, why am I here in this little bitty place? You know, and the church not grown. We've been here so many years, it's not grown. I, I could have been pessimistic, but no, friends, no. I took my car to the car wash and washed the the, the waste off of the car and got on with life. I'm not going to let myself be chased away by a bunch of birds. My life does not stand in reference to the ease or the prosperity of life. To the challenge, excuse me, or the prosperity of life. No, my friends. We don't do it because it's easy. We don't do it because it's Na- because naturally pleasing or whatever. Yes, I love pastoring, but no, friends, there's something higher than my own enjoyment that drives me, and it's the will of my father. When he said to me, why are you here, Robert? I said, because that's the will of God. Why am I still here? Because that's the will of God. You have to decide what you and whom you and what for you live. What you're living for? Whom are you living for? What is compelling you in this life? It's got to be something greater than yourself or you will never be satisfied. Even if you win the whole world, Jesus said, but lose your own soul, what will you give in exchange for your soul? It's got to be the will of your loving Heavenly Father. You know, friends, when, when I was a young man and I was engaged to this lovely Christian girl and, and she was a really precious soul, but it was more my de- de- decision. And then all of a sudden I was made aware that, that while there was nothing wrong with it and God would have blessed it, it was not his perfect will. And, and I had to make a decision and I could have just gone ahead with it and I know God would have blessed us. There was something higher calling me, higher. I didn't want to just be blessed because I went on my knees. This is truly what happened. And I said, Father, I have not come before your face this moment to ask for your permission. I've come to ask for your perfect will because my life is not my own. My life's been bought with the blood of Jesus. It's yours, Father. I want your perfect will. And I kept crying and crying. And an hour and a half later, the Lord showed me that his perfect will was not here. And so I, while this was painful to both of us, I released it and God took care of the other person. God had a plan for the other person as he had a plan for me. You see, friends, 
we all get to choose in life what is the high purpose of our life. And for Jesus, it was to do the will of my Father. I've come to do the will of Him who sent me. And I then prayed later on and I said, Father, I don't want to be married except in your perfect will. And I, I prayed it. And then when I met Virginia, I asked her, what do you believe God's called you to in life? And she said, to do his perfect will. You see that today still, we've now been married 40 years since the 13th of April, 2023. It is still the power that, that makes us so strong together. Yes, we have had everything thrown at us by the devil to try to separate us. But no, we know. We live to do the Father's will. And in that, He has satisfied us. He's made us madly in love with each other. She is adorable to me. I find her absolutely adorable. I find her beautiful, attractive. I find her everything that I could ask for. Why? Because it is the Father's will working it. And this is what I plead with you today. So let me read to you this verse from the Classic Amplified, Romans chapter 12, verse 1 and 2. I appeal to you, I beseech you, I beg you. Therefore, brethren, and I beg you in view of the mercies of God to make a decisive dedication of your bodies, presenting all your members and faculties as a living sacrifice, wholly devoted, consecrated, and well-pleasing to God, which is your reasonable, rational, intelligent service of spiritual worship. Do not be conformed to this world, this age, fashioned after and adapted to its external superficial customs, but be transformed, changed by the entire, entire renewal of your mind, by its new ideas, its new attitudes, so that you may prove for yourself what is that good, acceptable, and perfect will of your Heavenly Father. Even the things which is good, acceptable, and perfect in His sight for you. Wow! I plead with you by the mercies of God, present yourself. Whatever the situation is, maybe you say to me, yeah, but Pastor Robert, I, I, I didn't get married with that. I fell in love. Oh, come on. I met Virginia and I was head over heels in love with the girl. <laughs> I mean, wow, was I head over heels. So no, friends, uh, I'm not saying. You, so, you see, some people are frightened that if you choose God's perfect will, that it's only going to be hard and tough and rough. It's because they don't know the love of the Father. I have seen people go through hardships, some of it their mistakes, some of it the circumstances of life, some of it the choices of others, and yet they came into the perfect will of the Father. The perfect will of the Father can go over the mountains of life circumstances and through the valleys of its sorrows and bring you into that place. Think about Catherine Kuhlman. She went through a painful divorce. Oh my goodness, I don't wish it on anybody. And I find it hard when people are cruel in their judgment against people that have gone through divorce. Jesus surely was not cruel 
to the woman at the well in John 4 who had suffered four divorces. And here I've seen Catherine Kuhlman, she went through a painful divorce. It so crushed her and crushed her and crushed her. She was on the train home to Spokane, Indiana, I think. No, Washington, Spokane, Washington. Was she living in Spokane or in Indiana? Anyway, I can't remember now. She was on her way home. I think it's Spokane, Washington. That's way up next to California, Washington. She was on her way home. And she could hear the train click-clack, click-clack as it went from the one steel bar to the next as it run down the track. And she was so broken and crushed. There was nothing left. Sorrow had completely buried her with Christ. She had nothing else left in this life. And out of that sorrow and out of that death and out of all that brokenness came the beauty of the life of the Son of God in that fragile body of hers, loving and healing precious souls in a way that she could have never even dared ask, hoped or dreamed. And the Lord used her in a miraculous way to heal so many precious people through her. It wasn't the mighty that God is saying will be exalted or the wise or the noble, but the meek of the earth, the poor, they inherit the kingdom of heaven. The Lord Jesus teaches you and me. And therefore the Lord is interceding by his mercy. Whatever the circumstances of your life, offer yourself holy, holy to me. And let your heart's mind, the mind of your heart be transformed to know my perfect, good, acceptable will. It's not three stages. His will is perfect. It is good. It's acceptable. You don't have to be afraid that if you're in the will of your heavenly father that you're going to miss out. The opposite is true. The opposite is true. Oh, how I love this next verse. It so helps me. I meditate on it. I pray it. I find it such a refuge for me when my heart needs to be strengthened in faith to not doubt that because of my failings or weaknesses, I'll miss out. No, I have seen that the Lord is faithful and true to his character and nature, revealing himself in us to bring us into the fullness of all he's predestined us to in himself. This is Hebrews 13, verse 20 and 21. Now may the God of peace, who is the author and giver of peace, who brought again from among the dead our Lord Jesus, that great shepherd of the sheep, by the blood that sealed and ratified the everlasting agreement, covenant, testament, strengthen, complete, perfect, and make you what you ought to be, and equip you with everything good that you may carry out his will, while he himself works in you and accomplishes that which is pleasing in his sight through Jesus Christ, the Messiah, to whom be glory, forever and ever throughout all the ages. Amen. And so be it. Now, believe that because of the everlasting covenant that the Heavenly Father has established with you and me through the blood of His Son, that He is able to complete, perfect, strengthen you, and make you and me what we ought to be, and equip you enable and empower you with everything good that you may carry out his perfect will. I know if you would have said this to me years and years ago, Robert, 
you will live consistently in the perfect will of the Father. I would have said, amen, amen. But at the moment that feels a million miles away, I still am so self-conscious. I still feel, I keep failing God. I still keep feeling I'm, I'm still so carnal, so earthly. And I would have struggled with it while I would say, amen. I would have struggled. Where now he has brought me and what I talked to you about yesterday into that stillness, into that wonder of his wonderful presence in me. And I believe I'm in the perfect will of my Father. And he's perfecting me. He's strengthening me. He's completing me. He's making me what I ought to be by that everlasting covenant and equipping me to be able to do his perfect will while he is working me what's pleasing to him through Jesus. Hebrews 13, verse 20 and 21. Meditate on it. And let me close with you now from Philippians chapter 2, verse 12 and 13. Oh, how I love these verses. Therefore, my dear ones, as you've always obeyed my suggestions, so now not only with the enthusiasm you would show in my presence, but much more because I'm absent. Work out, cultivate, carry out to the goal and fully complete your own salvation with reverence and awe and trembling, self-distrust and serious caution, tenderness of conscience, watchfulness against temptation, timidly shrinking back from whatever might offend God and discredit the name of Christ. Not in your own strength, for it is God who is all the while effectively at work in you, energizing and creating in you the power and desire both the will and to work for his good pleasure, satisfaction, and delight. Now, believe that through the everlasting covenant established in the blood, the Heavenly Father is able to complete, strengthen, perfect you, and make you what you ought to be, and equip you with everything good that you may carry out his perfect will while he himself is working in you what's pleasing to him through our Lord Jesus Christ. Believe that your whole heart and mindset is set by His Spirit to do His will. Amen. Have a good day.